these are human needs that we all share. We all got them, whether you like to or not, right? Like you got it. You all want to feel important. You all want to feel love and connection. You all want to grow. You all want to contribute. You all want to, you know, feel certainty and variety. All six human needs, we all have them. And everything that we do is a vehicle towards meeting those needs, towards having a certain feeling, right? So understanding that, whoo, that was a hard one. Hey everyone, it's Carly here and you are listening to the Made For More podcast and I'm so excited to bring you this episode today. So this week I had the privilege of interviewing the gorgeous Valerie Santiago. Now Valerie was actually the youngest coach to ever work with Tony Robbins. So she's been trained and coached by Tony Robbins himself and she worked with him for over five years and at the age of 23 she became the youngest coach there. She has got so much knowledge in the world of personal development and coaching and everything like that. And I just picked her brains for over an hour. I got so much out of her and I'm so glad that I did because every single bit was just golden. So she then went on to become, you know, um, head coach and director of coaching at so many other massive, massive companies. Um, And I'm just so, so grateful that she gave me the time to be able to interview her because like I said, this is just packed with so much valuable knowledge and just anyone kind of venturing, venturing into the world of personal development and really wants to make the most out of it this is going to be so, so useful for you because I know that once you start into the world of personal development, you start, you know, just you, you step your toe into it and then it just uncovers a whole host of all these things in your brain. You can end up in a bit of a brain fart and actually this um, this episode really helps with that. So I know you're going to love it, love it too. So if you loved it, which I'm sure you will, make sure you take a screenshot, share it on your Insta stories, tag me at Carly Myers Lifestyle and let us know what it was that you absolutely loved. And of course, if you do love this episode, go over to my Apple iTunes leave me a five-star review. It really does mean the world to me and it makes such a massive difference to the success of this podcast. So I'm so excited for you to hear this podcast. I'm going to crack right on into it because we've got so much to share with you and I hope you enjoy. Bye. Okay, amazing. Hey Val, how you doing? I'm fantastic thank you how are you ah I'm so so good I'm so excited to talk to you today we had a little chat yesterday didn't we and uh, you were like let's just have a chat let's just you know see what we're going to chat about and then literally about 10 minutes into the chat I was like why am I not recording this this is all gold (laughs) it was so good I have a rule of thumb now just press record if you don't use it it's totally fine but it's so true I find sometimes like the most uh you know unexpected moments you have so many incredible insights so I, I get where you're coming from oh it was so good and I was laying in bed last night just thinking I'm so excited for everyone to hear what you've got to say because I was hanging off every word yesterday I was like tell me more say more things to me um so I'm so excited so the reason I wanted to get you on we actually met a few months ago um on a mastermind coaching and it was amazing I got so much from it and I really really I love masterminds anyway and I moved my business so much I made massive progress in that time And I wanted to get you on because your story of how you got started in the industry and what you've done at such a young age, I mean, you literally look like you're 24 now. So the fact that you've got like a epic career, I'm like, I don't know when she did that because she seems like, like so young still, but anyway, um, and I would just love to hear all about that. So tell us a little bit about your, you know, how you got started in the coaching industry and just tell us all the things. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I know. I, uh, well, I attribute my mother to the good genes, but (laughs) (laughs) um, it's kind of wild to think that it's been over a decade since I began my journey inside of personal development and in the coaching industry. So where it all started was me as an 18 year old, honestly, going to my very first UPW. And for those of you that don't know what UPW is, Tony Robbins has this introductory event that's a three-day event, three to four-day event. Um, I think it's four days now. And um, it's the opportunity for you really to unleash yourself, right? And to break through any of the limiting beliefs that have been holding you back in life. Now, I need to say to everyone that 
I did not seek Tony out, right? Um, it was actually a really funny way of starting in this whole industry, and that was through my partner. Um, so he had been around Tony since he was 15, and so at that time, it had been at least a decade for him that he had been in the environment. And when he and I first started dating, he just said to me, hey, there's this guy that I work for and we do these events. And if you're going to be with me, you kind of need to go to one of them to know what I do. <laughs> Even if you don't get um, you know, sucked into the world, totally fine. But you need to at least have a, a just a ground base of like, what is it that I do for a living? And I was, you know, at that time, I'm 18. I'm like, yeah, whatever adventure we let's try it on. And so I thought to myself, fantastic. Like, what do I have to lose? And so I show up to Atlanta, Georgia <laughs> to this event. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't Google it. I didn't check anything online. I just showed up. And next thing I know, there are thousands of people that are jumping up and down and they're touching each other. And I said to you yesterday, I don't like <laughs> to be touched. Right. I'm like, ah, I love people. And I love humans, but when it comes to like the hugging and everything, I'm like, up, oh, bubble, bubble, personal space. <laughs> so it was really interesting. Like it was, I was immersed in a world that I had never been exposed to. And I was very uncomfortable, right? And like Tony always says, all of your growth happens outside of your comfort zone. And so one of the commitments that I made to myself was that I was going to stick it out. I was going to try this on, right? Day one, they're telling us that we're going to walk on fire. And I'm like, walk on what? <laughs> Is this even safe? Right? Like I'm hyper-analytical. I'm, I'm, I'm someone who like really thinks these, these things through. So for them to say that, and for me not to have had any time to do any research on this, I was freaking out. And I remember that night thinking to myself, like, maybe I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But I remember them saying that it's, you know, the walking on fire part really, or walking on coals, it, it's really not that difficult. What is, is overcoming the fear and overcoming what your brain and your wiring is telling you in that particular moment. And that was so true. I don't know if, if this has happened for you or, you know, some of your listeners, but have you guys ever thought of something and you created this, this vision in your head that's way worse than it really is in actuality, right? And what's funny is that I had done that. I created this vision that was way scarier than it really was in actuality. And there was another part of me that also questioned it. I was like, is this real? <laughs> is this, real? this could be a total, like, this is like a magic act. This is not real. Like they're telling us we're going to do this, but we're not going to really do this. And what's funny is there's a saying, and inside of the Robbins world, which is you always get exactly what you ask for and what you need. It's not always what you want, but it's definitely what you need. And for those of us who doubt the fire walk, we get happy souvenirs. We never say we get burned. We don't get burned. <laughs> <laughs> right? You don't get burned, right? You have a souvenir. You have a, a learning. You have something that reminds you that goes, oh, hey, I was here, right? Or this happened to you. And so sure enough, I had a happy souvenir on the bottom of my foot and it was totally fine not a big deal. Um, but I needed that, right? I needed that. And the reason why I needed that was, uh, well, quite a few. And I think that, that you and some of your listeners might also resonate with this. And the first one was because when I was in high school, I was going through a lot myself, right? And I remember at 15, I said to myself, Val, you have one of two options. You're either going to end up dead, meaning you're going to OD or you're going to commit suicide. Or if you decide to do something with your life, maybe you'll become a prostitute. I was like really going down that route. Or you're going to end up really highly successful. Like you're going to beat the odds and you do whatever you need to do to get ahead. And I remember having that conversation with myself and making the decision. And here's a funny thing. We do get those opportunities in our lives to make the decision. Sometimes we feel like we don't, but the reality is that we do. And I came from a past and a history of trauma, of sexual abuse. And so, you know, there was a part of me that for a while felt like I was the circumstance of my past and my history and that I couldn't overcome it. And I remember at 15 saying like, I got to do whatever I can do to try to get, get ahead. And academics was my way of doing that. So when I was there at that event, I realized that there was something else that I had never been exposed to that could help me in having a completely different life. And that was powerful because I didn't need money at 18 to have a different life, right? I, I, in, in whatever age you are, I just was in a position where I wasn't making a lot. There was no savings account. Like I, I 
I wasn't like in, in, um, in any regard, um, you know, ahead, so to speak. And so I really had to make conscious choices about how I changed my circumstances, right? And so when I was there, I realized that I could change it just by changing the way that I thought about myself and my life. The stories that I told myself, understanding my wiring, the way that I behaved, the vehicles that I was using to lead me to feel certain ways, right? All of this was like, right? And so in that moment, taking that first step, the fears, everything, it wasn't about the coals. It was like, are you ready to embark on this new, like this new life? Are you ready to do what others say is impossible? And so for me, that walk was that, right? And so I needed though to have a little bit of a souvenir to remind myself, right? Of, of everything and the fact that it was real. And so that was my introduction into personal development. That was how I first started. And the moment that I got into that world, I became immersed. Like you couldn't get me out of it. At that moment, I was listening to every CD or a DVD, right? Um, I always laugh at that. Like I still have all the CDs because I just can't get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> People are like, what? But yeah, I had every CD still to this day, have the CDs and the DVDs. And um, I just listened to everything. I read his book. I went to as many events that I could go to. And, you know, I, I feel very lucky because I was fortunate that so Someone came into my life, my partner, he came into my life and he exposed me to this, right? But it's one thing for someone to show you, right? A, a possibility or um, to bring you into this world. It's another thing, what you choose to do with it, right? And so what was really great was that from that moment on, his first step was, I'm going to take you there. But after that, I'm not going to do anything else, right? And in the environment, no one, like we didn't want anyone to know that we were together. And it wasn't because it was a, a big thing. It was just because I wanted my own journey. I wanted to be separated from him. I wanted to go through this at, at my own pace. I wanted to make a name for myself without being attached to his name. And so it was actually really wonderful because I got the freedom to choose if this was for me. And so for all of those uh, that are listening out there, I have one ask and that is, you know, it is, <laughs> it's normal when you get into personal development for you to tell everybody about it. And especially when it comes to your spouse or your partner, for you to want your partner to go through it. Like I've had clients that go through this all the time. They're like, but, but I learned this and he needs to go or she needs to go. Here's my ask. Introduce them to it. Right. But let them then take that next step. Mm -hmm. Don't force it down their throats. This is something it's, it's personal development. It's personal, right? You've got to make that decision personally. If you're going to choose to move forward and no one can force anybody else. And whether it's, you know, someone that you're close to, like a partner or spouse or a friend or a family member, or someone in your downline or upline that you're trying to help support, we cannot force this on anyone. Everyone's going to move at their own pace in their own time. And so I feel that having that freedom to evolve in that world and to make the conscious decision to do that for myself was just, it was transformational. It was really life transformational. And so that's, you know, kind of how I got hooked into it. <laughs> that's amazing. And I, I do totally agree. Like I'm so that person, whenever I get into something, I get so excited about it. And then I'm such a pusher. I mean, thank the Lord I didn't get into drugs because I would have been such a drug pusher. I'd be like, yeah, I need to do this. But just, yeah, no, I just, I'm, when I'm, I'm such a pusher on stuff. And I definitely was like that in the beginning. Like, you know, I think I probably started off in the, in the personal development and then got all like a bit self-righteous and now, well, you don't do personal development. So you wouldn't know this, but it is so true. People need to hear it when they're ready to hear it. Cause otherwise it's just pointless. You can't hear it anyway, when you're not open to hearing it. So oh, yeah. And here's the thing, you know, also I feel like one of the greatest lessons in being in that environment, and that is that it's about conscious choice. That's what personal development is. That's what coaching is, right? So we have the conscious mind and we have the subconscious or unconscious mind, right? And when it comes to the work that you can do, and I feel like that's where this environment saved me, right? Because in the beginning, when I first started in the, in the Robbins world, I wasn't ready 
to go deep into my trauma and my past. I had had some therapy and I believe wholeheartedly in therapy. And since then, I mean, again, remember it's been like 13, 14 years, right? So since then I have of course done deeper type of therapies and NLP. I have had tapping, you know, I've done eye therapy. I have a therapist all the time. Like, and I speak about this openly because I think it's important for us to let go of the stigma and the taboo. And when I first started in the industry, it was very taboo to talk about all of these things, right? And so, One of the things that I found that really helped me was that inside of coaching and personal development, it wasn't a focus so much on the past and working with the subconscious mind and brain. It was rather working with your conscious self and making decisions from the present moment and how you wanted to move into the future. It's so good. And I know that you, so you actually became one of the, you were the, you were the youngest coach in the Tony Robbins organization weren't you so trained by Tony Robbins and that blows my mind you're 23 and you told me yesterday that you um when at one at one time you have like up to like 60 clients at a time or something is that right yeah you're like just coaching you're like the amount of hours like coaching hours you're racking up at that point is intense so how was that experience working with Tony Robbins and being in that full-blown environment Oh my goodness. It was, it was so, so incredible. If there was ever someone to learn from and a master, right. To hone in your craft with, it's going to be Tony. Now, the funny story to this is that I didn't want to become a coach. (laughs) So (laughs) I almost, you know, I almost felt guilty when I first went through formal coach certification because everybody there had the intention, like they really wanted to become a coach and like, you know, this has been something they'd been inspiring to do where they had left their jobs to do this. And I felt guilty because I fell into this line of work. And what I mean by that is, like I mentioned to you, I went to my first event when I was 18 years old and I was really lucky that I was so young the first time I got exposed to Tony. And I immersed myself in that world. I read everything, you know, went through every single event. And so I volunteered, I went through Leadership Academy, I did the whole shebang. And so because of that, um, you know, I was known inside of that world. And and when you're in that environment, especially when you're in the leadership route, you, um, you know, you start learning all of the behind the scenes, right? You get trained on how Tony does interventions and you support other trainers in these events. I mean, these events have 5,000 to 10,000 people. So it's not just Tony, there's a whole collective group of people that are supporting everybody that's there. And so, I had been asked a couple of times to become a coach for the company. And I said, no, <laughs> you know, I was like, no, not for me, not for me. But um, finally, the the last time that I was asked by the coaching director at the time, he was incredible. Um, Mark Von Muser, just an incredible, incredible man. At that time, this is kind of insane to say, but there's only two coaches that could take on Spanish speaking clients. And so um, they needed other Spanish speaking coaches because there was no native Spanish speaker. The two coaches were Italian and Portuguese, <laughs> right? And so I'm from Puerto Rico. Uh, Spanish is my first language. And so because of that, they asked, hey, would you be willing to try on, you know, going through the coaching certification for Robbins, going through that process and seeing if this could be a fit for you? And what I want everybody to know is, you know, kind of to your question, like, what was the experience? Like, I need everyone to understand something. When you decide that you want to become a Robbins coach, it doesn't just happen, right? You can't just submit a resume and based on your resume, you're going to get, you're going to get selected. It's actually quite an extensive process. And, and I love the environment. I love the organization. I love the coaching mentors and, and the people that have designed it this way, because that is a no joke type of environment, right? And so the way that it works is you get accepted into a class and you pay, you pay, okay? You pay to be there. You don't just go through it. You have to pay. So, and I always have loved that about Tony, that he's like, if you're going to work for me, you have to show me that you want it bad enough. You have to be committed, right? Anyone in the company that's ever gotten into a position, whether you're a sales rep or a coach or, you know, you've had to earn it. You've had to show up and, and sometimes get to home office and sit there in the parking lot until someone's willing to, you know, to give you a meeting. Like that's the hustle and the drive that you need. And so to become a coach, it was no different. And so 
that was hours and hours every single week for three months straight. There were stages, people got, you know, nixed out of it. Like it was very intense. There was live uh, components to it. You had to be coaching every single week. People were coaching each other. It was incredible. That alone, right? You know, talking about kind of what sets you apart. The training alone, that just changed everything for me because that type of training into coaching is unlike any training that exists out there. And I've had formal training and I believe in formal training because I think that we all need to understand how coaching works in the purest sense of, of, of the profession and also in other modalities. But going through that type of training was very different than anything else I'd ever done before. And so that set me up to win. Once I was hired on, it changed the game for me, right? Because like you said, we would have, you know, you could have 60 up to 95 clients at a time. And so you're coaching, coaching, coaching. I remember, you know, that first year I was coaching sometimes 10 hours to 12 hours a day, right? Like I had clients all over the world and, and I don't say this, like it's a bad thing. It was actually a great thing. I made that decision because I said, I'm going to get immersed. And I'm going to rack up as many hours as I can. And, and that's why as coming out of that environment, most of us in Robbins can say we've coached thousands of hours because we have, we've coached thousands of hours and being a rookie starting off, you know, like you mentioned, I was the youngest coach hired. I was 23 at the time. And I was lucky that I was hired into that, into that environment because of the type of culture that existed, right? Which was age wasn't going to be a, a limiting factor unless you had a limiting belief about it which I did at the time, by the way, and I had to work <laughs> through that, right? And so it was, you know, it, it was a very, um, it, like everything I've done with Tony, it was transformative and it molded me into the woman that I became. And I say that because prior to me joining, you know, one of the things I just kind of subtly hinted at was I had an issue with my age, right? People look at that now and they're like, oh my God, incredible. <laughs> you were 23. And today in today's culture, it's not bizarre to be young and to have a lot of success, right? Because we see that now, especially in, in the um, digital age with social media and how many people are able to create these six and seven figure businesses before they ever even hit 30, right? And so what was interesting was that back at that time, that wasn't the case, right? Like Instagram was like just starting to kick off and Facebook was still the thing that most people use. And I remember, I mean, I use Facebook because of college, right? Like it wasn't because because it was a place for you to advertise your business. That was only after I started coaching that it started becoming a thing for businesses. And so I really struggled with my identity and with owning the fact that I was so young, especially because the first week that I got hired on, I had a transfer of a client, meaning a client uh, came on board and before she ever spoke to me, she transferred away to another client, I mean, to another coach saying that, you know, what can a 23 year old teach me? What can she coach me on? She doesn't have life experience. She's not a mother. She can't really relate to me. Right. And that hit me. I don't know how many of you have ever heard words spoken that stick with you right? And that you then begin to find evidence in your life for that say, yes, this is right. And so I began to look for evidence that said, you're too young, you don't have enough life experience, you can't help other people. And so in that beginning, it was funny, I came from like this full confidence self, right? Um, I had I'd graduated university at that time. And I was I credit Tony to getting into my dream school, right? I got into one of the hardest schools in the country. And it was because every day I was doing Hour of Power and listening to Get the Edge and visualizing myself getting there. Like I was that type of person. Um, and so once I got to that point, all of a sudden I hear these words and whoosh, it's like all of these references that I've had about you're not good enough, you can't do this just came back to me. And if there was ever, you know, imposter syndrome at its greatest in my life, it was right then in that moment. And so I share this with everyone because at that time, you know, I, I was young and you would think she's young, she's confident, she's got this. And 
I was doubting myself left and right at that moment, but I knew that that wasn't going to serve me and it wasn't going to serve my clients. Right. And so there was only a small period of time that I could get by, by doing more for others than for myself until I went to one of the coaches training. Cause after you do your first coach training, after that, you have coaching training every single year. And I was at one of the um, coaching trainees for the company and I had a, there was a senior coach who's a mentor coach who was making fun of me the entire time for my age. And, um, and I remember I was just, I was so annoyed and frustrated with him. And I was like, Oh, like it was getting under my skin. And it was because it was getting under my skin that he kept on like, you know, jabbing me. And there's a saying in coaching, by the way, you see that it's, it's my little puppy. <laughs> <You're okay. laughs> there's a saying in coaching that when, when, um, when something irks at you, when you hear a story and like you got like this strong sensation or emotion, it means that you're hooked. And if you're hooked by it, it means that there's some truth to what the person is saying or to what you're hearing. Right. So I kept on getting hooked. And I was like, wow, there's something here, right, that I need to uncover and I need to really explore a little bit deeper. And it was that piece around myself, self-worth and, you know, at the time, my age. And I remember this moment so vividly um, after going through all of these different processes, he said it one more time, you know, making fun of my age. And I just lost it. I just yelled at him, infuriated. It just angry and I was like you are damn right I am I am young I am 23 and guess what because I am so young I don't have all of the life experiences that tell me that things are not possible I actually am more effective because I believe that the impossible is possible because I've been able to make reality the things that people said you cannot do so for my clients that's what I can do for them yes. and in that moment he was like okay, yes, finally, you got it. You got it. You turned what you believe was your weakness, weakness into your superpower. Right. And that's true for everyone. The greatest, one of the greatest lessons of being in that environment, how to change the narrative, how to change the meaning that you attach to the things that you keep on saying to yourself and how to create superpowers and create, you know, opportunities from the things that you think are holding you back. So I owned it. Right. And that was my first lesson on owning a part of myself, owning, not trying to be older. And like, it was funny. Like, I think back to that time trying to like, I dressed very professional, like trying to be old and now I dress like I'm trying to be a child. Right. <laughs> I have a love for star Wars and Beatles is how I learned English. So, um, so again, it was like, own, own this thing, right? Because what you resist will persist, right? If you fight it, you're going to create an internal conflict. It's going to be even harder for you to move forward when you own it and you embrace it. You can use it. Right then you can actually be purposeful with it. You can do something with it. And after that moment, it was a game changer. It was like, I mean, I was on fire and I am so grateful to have had that because it made me that much better as a coach. I saw my clients differently. I pushed them to different levels. I believed in that so much that the stories that my clients were saying were not going to be limiting beliefs for me. I wasn't going to buy into the story, right? I was going to hear it. Yes. But my job is to help this person overcome and get to what it is that they want. So I can't buy into the stuff that's holding them back. Right. And so having that perspective changed everything for me. And it was funny because my clients were people that were much, much older. I actually loved working. Like I had I, one of my favorite clients, she was in her sixties and I loved it so much. And she and I had so much fun because I was the person that, you know, people thought on the surface was too young. She was the person that on the surface people thought was too old. And we had similar experiences, even though we came from different walks of life. Right. And both of us were doing something that was different. 
And so because of that, it allowed for me to work with people that were outcasts or people that were thought not to, not to win. And so um, very early on, I got moved into the business division because we had business mastery and we were doing BRWs and I love business. And so it was so much fun to be going into businesses that were, you know, existing for 10, 20 years that were in need of some innovation, which meant that they needed my brain. They needed someone that thought like me, right? Or businesses that were tanking that they thought there was no solution. And I saw it as an opportunity. And that's actually what led me into the field that I'm in now. It was going through those experiences and embracing that, finding my superpower that led me then, you know, a decade later to what I do today. So it's, you know, I... I credit so much to those years that I was with the environment and with the company and where I got to experience firsthand, you know, what it really means, you know, to live and breathe this work and to do it and alongside others that also want change in their lives. So good. Oh my God. It's so, so good. I love that moment where you're literally like, no, I was like, yes. I thought I could have stood out of my chair then. Love those moments. Yes. I mean, I, I said some curse words, but I, I want to be mindful of everyone. You're all good. Uh, we've dropped a few, we've dropped a few bombs on this. It's all good. Don't worry about it. I imagine there would be some curse words. I would expect nothing less. Um, But I, I, I do totally agree. Like when I, I try and tell my team sometimes when there's things that happen in their business and they have what feel like setbacks at the time I'm like do you realize that you're becoming a better leader every single time because when your team come to you and they say this has just happened to me you can say look this happened to me too and I can do this too and this is what I've learned so every experience that you go through as a leader or a coach is just makes you even better every time no one wants a coach that's like oh I don't know what you mean I haven't heard any of that I've had a lovely time Yeah, it is all setting you up. Everything happens for a reason. I do believe that. I've always believed that. And I feel like that was a saving grace. And that moment at 15, when I was making that choice, it's like, you know, what am I going to do with my life? One of the things that really helped me was this belief that everything happens for a reason. And I said to myself, if there's a reason for this, even though I don't understand it, even though I don't like it, I need to see it through and find out why is it that I've, I've, you know, sometimes we're at the effect I've been dealt this hand of cards. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's always been kind of my go-to and for everyone in your organization that is, you know, questioning themselves or they're going through a difficult time or they don't see that light at the end of the tunnel or they're thinking to themselves like, gosh, this means that there is, you know, you know, that I'm not supposed to continue in business. It actually means that you got to get curious. It mm-hmm. means that you got to dig deeper. It means that it's the universe saying, do you really want it bad enough? And that's what I have found. It's, it's really um, the universe saying, how badly do you want it? Are you willing to do everything and anything that's possible to get it? Because if you are, you will reap the rewards. And that's the beautiful thing about life, right? You know, yes, we all, um, it, we have some measure of luck. I believe that luck does play into a lot of, of what we do. And, and especially like I was lucky to be born into, you know, into the country that I was born into um, and things like that, right? And we also have to meet that and we have to go, okay, I honor that this is, this is the privilege that I have had. And now how do I meet that with intentionality and purpose and action? Um, And that's the opportunity that everybody has, which is why I love it when something doesn't work out. I love it when something is hard, right? And it looks like it's impossible because it means that something new is going to come from it. I'm going to unearth a new part of myself. I'm going to grow from this experience experience. Um, and there's just, when you have that mentality of like, this is something to look forward to, it changes everything. So true. You can look back now, can't you? And see that the biggest parts of growth in you came from when shit hit the fan (laughs) and you're like, Oh, that was a stinger. But then you're like, well, that's where the game changed for me actually as a person. So one thing that I, um, I find quite a lot is that people, tend to have like a limit of how far they they go with their with their growth and I find quite a lot that people can they have a they have a story of things that have happened in that in their past and it sounds like for you you definitely had some you know some serious stuff that went went in your past and I can even say personally like I had a great uh, uh, childhood and everything but I, I sat in the story for a really long time that an ex-boyfriend was addicted to me and that's why I had no self-worth and blah 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 and I, and I sat in that story 
how can you, um, what would you say to someone that's really kind of getting stuck in their story, whether they were, they had a tough childhood, they've had an abusive marriage, they were bullied as a kid, they were, you know, whatever that is, how do they break out of that story and actually write a new one? Oh, that's such a beautiful question. And um, there is no one size fits all, I have to say that. And it isn't a one solution uh, type of, um, you know, process either. So a couple of things. The first one is I want to remind everyone that you're not alone. Okay. You're not alone. And I think sometimes we need to hear that, right? Because in those moments, we feel alone. And when we hold on to the story, I, I, I don't want to insult anyone. I'm just going to go into coaching speak here for a moment, mm-hmm. right? Um, when we hold on to a story, we hold on to it because it's giving us something, right? We don't hold on to things just because, right? And you may be saying to yourself, Val, that doesn't make sense because the story is not serving me. And I hear you. My story wasn't serving me for quite some time, right? But I still held on to it. So you have to ask the question, why am I holding on to it, right? So the first thing, genuine curiosity allows for you to start unraveling some things and start working your way through it, right? I do not like the idea, forget it and just move forward, right? Like forget about it. And then mm, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in forget it or kill your story or kill your past. Like in our, in our environment, there have been people and I've watched speakers from stage tell people just to kill off their story or forget about it and make a new decision. And I don't think that's fair right? Because this is a part of you. And if you try to kill it off or forget it or pretend like it didn't happen, it's just going to resurface in some other way. It'll manifest in your life in some other way through physical ailments, through, um, you know, in in your relationships, through your work, like it has a funny way because it's always going to come up. So I actually believe that it does need to be addressed. And so for each person, when you're stuck in your story, you know, the first thing, is, like I said, is asking for help. You don't have to do this alone. If you do it alone, like you've been inside of your head the whole time, <laughs> it's, it's, it's only going to keep going down in a spiral, right? So when I say that you, you ask for help, asking for help can look very different for everyone, Right. Because asking for help in the beginning for me was not physically like asking somebody something, if that makes sense. Asking for help was saying, God, universe, I need help. It was saying, I'm going to ask for help and I'm going to listen, right? Mm -hmm. Listen to these audio tapes. I'm going to ask for help and I'm going to read this book. Your mentors and the people that speak to you don't always have to be live and in person. If you open yourself up to the idea of learning and embracing and taking in help from outside sources, that's what I did first, right? And so again, I say this because I am using me as the example because for everyone it's gonna be a little bit different, right? But for me, that first step was I to get out of my own story, I needed to like get out of my own head for a moment, right? Mm-hmm. And I needed to just like immerse myself and really start bringing other dialogues and other perspectives and other stories into my world. Why I had to do that was because if you're so fixated on yourself, it makes it really difficult for you to see any other possibilities, right? Or for you to even have empathy or understanding sometimes with your own self. So in me reaching out, right, in that moment, I couldn't go straight to gratitude. And I have to be honest about that because some people say go to gratitude. I couldn't go straight to gratitude in that moment, right? Because I was deep into it. So I had to actually go outside of myself and and physically do something. So I was in these environments. I had to read. I had to listen. I also had to help other people. Okay. I had to help other people. It's a funny thing. When you, like, when you have the opportunity to help somebody else, whether it's another child whether it's an elderly person, it changes you. And in that time, when I was in high school, because remember, I was in high school when this all started. 
when I was in high school, I decided to help children. So I worked with kindergartners. I tutored. I decided to work with middle schoolers, right? I decided to put myself in environments of helping and of service. Because when you put yourself in a space of service, it changes you and it makes you feel worthy again, makes you feel like you matter. Even if what you're going through is painful and trust me, every single day uh, I would drive in my car and all I would think about was how can I, you know, get off the road? Like how can I crash into something and I just want this to be done. But what would keep me going outside of the stories that I was telling myself, what kept me going was knowing that someone was waiting for me. Someone needed my help. Right. And when I graduated high school, I started helping in nursing homes and I started helping with the elderly that for anybody that's listening, if you are telling yourself a story that's not serving you, that's hurting you, that's putting you in states that that you feel uh, that, you know, doesn't feel good or you're feeling down or you're feeling heavily depressed or with anxiety. My ask is choose to do one thing. Like if there was one thing from this whole podcast, just in the next 30 days, choose to do one thing for somebody else. And I know that we're in COVID time, so you can't go into the nursing home, right? We can't do certain pieces, but maybe from afar, maybe you can get on FaceTime. Maybe you can get on Zoom. Maybe you can send something to somebody, right? Think about what can you do to lift somebody else's day and to lift their spirits. When you're of service, it changes your biochemistry and it changes you, right? And so that for me was the first thing. So my seeking help didn't mean that I was like, help coach, help therapist. My seeking help was help another human being, right? Let me help somebody else. And, 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 and you may not think of it in that way, but that's really what was the first step for me. Now, going back to what I was saying, why do we tell these stories? Because we're getting something out of it. So there's secondary gain there. There's something that you're getting. Why am I telling the story over and over? Well, for me is because, you know, I could connect with other people that also had similar past traumas. I don't know if this has ever happened to any of you, but if, if, um, I found that I was attracting people that had gone through similar circumstances as mine. Right. And that's not a bad thing. Right. But I say that for a reason because I was gaining connection through my misery, right? It's like, how bad was mine? Well, mine was this, and yes, I can feel that, and now we're connected, we're bonding. Mm -hmm. We're bonding over the fact that this is a similar experience that we both have gone through, and it's hard to let go of a story when you're bonding with somebody else and when you get connection. And by the way, connection is not just with other people, it's also connection with yourself, right? Because even if I'm feeling sad, I am still connecting with myself, and I'm also meeting another need, which is significance. That need cannot be forgotten. The need for significance is the need to feel important. When you don't feel worthy, sometimes your story is what makes you feel worthy and important. My story is bigger than yours. My problem is bigger than yours, right? What I'm going through is bigger than what anybody else is going through. And so for that reason, we hold on to those stories like dear life, right? Because it is meeting those needs, which is ladies and gentlemen, Hey, I just want to interrupt the episode for 30 seconds and tell you really quickly about something so excited that I've got coming up. So you would have heard me talk about in my episodes already that myself and the incredible Michelle Hillier, who you've heard on two episodes previously, have actually launched our first 14-week mastermind for coaches. So this is a really exclusive, really intensive 14-week mastermind for coaches and helping them scale their business and accelerate their business online. Now, the name of our program is Inspired Action Accelerator because this is all about taking massive action and massively accelerating your business online. This is not an informational program, even though there is, it's absolutely packed with information. This is a transformational program that gives you the full blueprint to take your business to the next level. We're so excited to kick it off on the 8th of March. We only have space for 20 people. So if you're listening to this, if you're a coach and you've decided that 2021 is going to be your year to massively scale your business and take your coaching business from where you are right now, perhaps you're lost, perhaps you're overwhelmed, perhaps you don't even know where to start, perhaps you're a little bit stuck to where you want to be, then this is absolutely the program for you. So reach out to me on Instagram. You can message me at Carly Wise Lifestyle. I'll send you all the information. We'll have a chat, see if it's for you. And hopefully you will get to join us on what will be the most exciting adventure ever. Now back to the episode. Enjoy. Because to let go of something that's made you, that's that you hold on to, it's made, you know, what you believe to be your character, your identity, that's, you know, really 
fed into these needs and created these feelings of belonging, right? We all want to belong, even if we belong to the, to the, um, you know, to the, to the pity club, or we belong to the, um, you know, the self-sabotage club, it may not help us, it may not be good for us, but we belong to it. We feel like we belong to that group, right? And so knowing that I was like, okay, I got to do some mental gymnastics here. Like I have got to purposefully make some conscious decisions to help me to overcome this piece and get through it, not kill it off because it will show its ugly head, but actually work through it. Right. And it wasn't going to be by telling a brand new story. And I have to say that because in coaching, I hear it a lot. Just tell a brand new story. Give yourself a new incantation. (laughs) Do that. And your subconscious mind is going to say to you, BS, Mm -hmm. that's bull. Right. And it's not going to believe it. So it's actually not about that. It's about doing little things that are true to yourself that can start creating new truths inside of your life. Like what? Let's start with physiology and your body. The first thing that you can control and you can manipulate it is it sounds so simple, but it actually is so important. Right. And if you if if you or anybody else has ever been in the Robin's world, we talk about physiology first. Right. We talk about really having that as the foundation. So simple things like doing breath work, opening up your chest, going for a walk. Right. That's where I first started. Also, I'm going to go for my walk. Right. And I'm going to do something physical. that feels good. It doesn't have to be rigorous. I'm not going to like go from zero to soul cycle. <laughs> okay. Cause we also do that. We set ourselves up to lose there. So no, I'm going to just going to go for a walk and it's going to be a 15 minute walk and it's going to feel good. That automatically starts changing. Also your biochemistry. Second to that is what are you going to focus on? Right. What are the words that you're going to speak to yourself? What are the things that you're going to be focusing on and saying? So on that walk, I could be focusing on what's not working and what's going wrong in my life, or I can focus on the things that are great in that moment. And if I believe that nothing is great, I'm going to look outside of myself and I'm going to say, wow, the sun is shining. That is beautiful. Oh my gosh, the daisies are up. That is beautiful. I'm going to take a walk and I'm going to breathe the air and I'm going to say, I am alive. I have, you know, at least I have my breath. I have today. Because if you're alive, you have today, right? So starting there, speaking truths. Notice I'm speaking truths. I'm not making something up. I'm not trying to go grandiose and outside of myself and say, oh my gosh, I'm the next bestseller. I'm not saying that because that part of me still is not going to believe that. Or, oh my gosh, I'm feeling joyous and excited and feeling so great every day. No, because I legitimately feel with anxiety and sadness and frustration and anger and I'm hurt, right? So I can't jump over here. I can at least go to what is. I can go to the present and to what is. What is? What is true right now for everyone? What is true? What is true right now? What is true is that the sun is outside. What is true is that the grass is growing. What is true is that, um, you know, I am here sitting, speaking to you. And in this moment, this is bliss, right? That's what's true. Even if, if an hour from now, I'm not experiencing bliss, I can experience bliss or joy in a particular moment, right? I can say for these 30 seconds, I'm going to breathe in goodness into my, into my lungs, right? So that is what's true. And as you build on that, you create those references stack them, stack those truths, one on top of the other. When you stack enough truths, you begin to change your way of thinking, right? As you change the way of thinking, you change the meanings that you create. You change the questions that you ask yourself. You change the stories that you tell yourself, but that happens gradually through experiences, through the truths. And you have to give yourself those experiences. Right. You have to actually purposely give them to yourself. And that's where the hard, the hard piece lies to change your story. I love the idea of not going naught to a hundred and just being like, yeah, just, just tell yourself something because you are so true. Like it is so true that your subconscious is literally like, um, no, (laughs) I don't believe what you're saying and neither do you. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and, and I think everyone needs to hear that because so often inside of the personal development world, like we sometimes do get a very bad rep about being like, all like, right. And it's like, no, we have moments of that. Right. But 
all of us go through hardships. All of us go through pain and sorrow. We all go through these intense emotions. And we've all, at least I can say, I've experienced depression. I've experienced joy. I've experienced sadness and frustration and anger and, and boiling anger, right? And I've also experienced peace and calm and serenity and bliss. And so, um, you know, to think that everything is just one moment and, and, and or one whole moment, meaning it's going to be like that forever, that's an illusion. And I find that that's also been something that has helped me so much. I don't make it wrong. I don't make it wrong to go into those states sometimes. And I think that that was also something that I had to work out for myself because when I was in the environment for so long, you know, you choose your states. Well, <laughs> things happen, right? You choose what you choose is how long you stay in them. And that was the big distinction for me. You're not choosing it. You're not choosing sometimes like if you, the greatest example is you walk it, you know, you walk into the door and you stub your toe. It hurts, right? We're not going to pretend that it doesn't hurt. <laughs> We're not going to pretend that you didn't stub your toe. Like that would be a, if you were like, I didn't really stub my toe, I didn't really stub my toe, it doesn't really hurt. Like, yeah, no, it hurts. There's a physical, like there is no getting around that, that hurt. But the thing that we have conscious choice, where our work really lies is how long do we stay in that pain and that hurt? Do I say for the rest of the day, oh, my day is ruined now that I stub my toe. I can't do anything else with my day now that I stub my toe. I'm in pain. I'm going to stay in my pain. I'm going to stay in the hurt all day long because I stubbed my toe, right? And it hurts. So I'm going to stay there. That's my choice, right? That is my choice. And so when you when you're in this work it's about really what you're working on is the time right spending less time in a state that's not serving you it's not about eliminating it it's about spending less time in it and by the way sometimes it means you spend five minutes in it sometimes it means you spend five hours five days right it depends for for all of us it's going to be different sometimes i've been months in a particular state but I know that it's not permanent and I want everybody to hear that. It is not permanent unless you choose it because you're choosing to stay in that permanently, okay? It is a choice because it vacillates, it changes. And so in those moments where I felt myself at my darkest or I felt myself controlled by my story, I also recognized that I wasn't there 100% of the time. There were moments of either just neutrality right? Or there were moments of like something made me laugh. Even if it was just for a moment, I could be there. And, and that was always uh, a light that said, this isn't going to be like this forever. You know, and, and it was true, unless I wanted it to be forever, right? But that was my choice. Um, so yeah. Ah, oh, so good. I love, I, I, I love everything about that. So if someone's listening to this now, and they're thinking, right, okay, it's time to face it. I need to like do the deep work. I need to go through this story and, and, and figure this out. How does someone do that without ending up in a personal development spiral? Because what I see a lot is that people yeah. enter into the world of personal development and then they're like, oh my God, this is life-changing, which it is. And I've, you know, it, it has changed everything for me. And then they get so immersed in it that actually they end up kind of like in a bit of a hole. And then what started out as like a really positive journey ends up in them just completely tearing themselves apart, dissecting themselves. And they're just kind of stuck in this personal development rabbit hole. How do we stop yeah. the rabbit hole? <laughs> too much of too much of a good thing can actually be bad for you sometimes, mm -hmm. right? And so um, you have to make some conscious choices. I keep on using that word of choice and consciousness, right? Because it really is. And, and so my recommendation is when, when you find yourself in a, in a spiral like that, that is when you should reach out to a coach or a therapist or somebody that can at least help guide you and walk you and, and who understands, right? Who understands everything that's happening behind the scenes because there are things that you can't tell for yourself that you're going through that somebody else can and they can help you with that right so you know seek someone out at that moment right because you you want to be able to come out of it in in a powerful way i also will say sometimes you just need to pause and like kind of remove yourself for a second right and so that's also conscious choice um there were moments when i was like okay did that need a moment, <laughs> right? And, and here's the thing. 
it's a lifelong journey for all of us, right? Because we're human beings. And one of the truths of every human being is that for most of us, growth is a, it's an essential need. We call that a need of the spirit. There's a phrase that I learned from Tony, which is, if you're not growing, you're dying, right? And why I say that is because for so many people, that is true. If they're not growing, they feel like they're stagnant. And so they're always looking for ways to level up. And so my encouragement is it's okay to do that. It doesn't always have to be through personal development. Mm -hmm. You can level up through your hobbies. So sometimes I've said, okay, I have gone through this, like this feels really good, but I need a, I need a reprieve from it for a little while. So I'm going to go ahead and grow in another area of my life. I'm going to grow in my relationships. I'm going to grow in my work. I'm going to grow, you know, I've, like anytime I go and get like a certification or training, I'm still meeting that same need, but I'm not trying to like further, further, further and involve myself in that moment. I'm like, okay, I'm going to grow for myself in some other way. I'm going to grow, um, I love to dance, right? So I'm going to go back to taking dance lessons and I'm going to grow in that way. So finding other modalities of meeting that same need of growth, because remember, personal development is a vehicle towards that need, right? And so you have to be consciously aware that you're choosing that because it's meeting multiple of your needs. Um, So choose other avenues as well so that you have balance. Also choose action right? You can like learn, learn, learn and be in your head, but taking action is going to make the world of difference. So I always say that someone who only know who only learns like five things from the personal development industry and implements them versus someone who's been a lifelong student of learning and they know everything in personal development, but they're not doing it. This person who knows these five is going to be way more effective and way more powerful than this one over here that knows everything because they're actually implementing those five things. When you're in, the, in in your personal development journey, go through it, learn that one piece, and then try it on, right? So if you learned about incantations, do that. If you're in your mantra stages and you're visualizing, if you're whatever it is that you're doing in that moment that you're learning in your personal development journey, go through that, right? Embrace that piece and then master it. Don't, don't stay at the novice level, master it, keep doing it. That's why Tony is so fantastic. It's why, you know, those of us that went through that training, I, I'm not trying to brag, but the reason why we have our skill set is because of mastery. We did the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again, right? And so that's true for all of us. So, uh, you know, take a pause, take a moment. That's so good. I love the idea of like, because you can so easily go from book to book to book to book and you literally like tail end each of them. But then like exactly like you say, if you don't action any of it, it's just completely pointless, isn't it? So I love the idea of like learning something and then becoming a master of it. I think that's so, so good. Yes. Love it. My God, Val, I could literally talk to you forever. Do you know we've been talking for like over an hour? I know. I'm sorry to those of you that are uh, that are like, oh my goodness. Oh no, my God. I, and no, no one will be complaining about this. I'm, I'm sure <laughs> about that. But I just, I love it. Thank you so much. You've given people so much um, just valuable stuff there. And I think it's probably freed a lot of people from some things that are really holding them back. And that's, that's what it is. Sometimes you just need to, some, you need someone to give you permission to let go of it sometimes don't you which I think is is so so freeing so I have a, a three quick fire questions that I ask all of my guests and um, so I just want to fire them at you first of all what does success look like to you how do you define it oh first word is joy success for me is joy and happiness it's it's not about accumulating things it's not about um even accolades success is about um being in a state and in the feeling of joy um, consistently or, or as much as you can be. So for me, if I, if I spend, uh, the majority of the days of my life in joy and in happiness and, um, in that space, that would be success. And that is success for me. I love that. Do you know that the most successful people I've asked that question to all say something along the lines of that? And it's never my big house, my fancy car, my massive paycheck is never the, you know, the title is always the most simplest thing, which is just the feeling of joy. So good. What is your best book or podcast recommendation? Oh man, this is a good one. Mm. I have so many. Um, oh my goodness. So I love listening. I love listening to like Ed Milet. He makes me cry. 
I know it's crazy, but he does. Um, I love listening, even a school of greatness. Honestly, it might sound so simple and like uh, everyone listens to it, but I love Lewis Howes. I love the interviews. So um, I share those, by the way, because podcasts are free right? And they can lift you up and motivate you. And for me, one of the things that I have incorporated in my routines has been listening to somebody else. Like I said, everyone can be your teacher. You can learn from other people, ask for help. So I ask for help from these guys by just listening through their, through their podcast. Anytime I listen to Oprah or, you know, whether it's super soul conversations or like, it's just like, I am lifted up. So, um, those are big ones for me. Um, and then for book. Oh man. It, you know, it really depends because, um, I have books for different things. So the first book that I'll talk about is the awakened family by Dr. Shafali. Um, the reason why I mentioned that is because I'm a mom, right? And what I have realized since becoming a mom is that a lot of what's been showing up for me has been pieces from my own childhood that, um, that then, show up in my dynamic with my daughter. And so right now my personal development journey has to do with parenting, <laughs> right? My personal development journey is how I show up as a mother and how I, you know, am I making this, like, is this her problem or my problem, <laughs> right? Like, and sometimes we think like it's our children's problems or their, it's their behavior, but it's really us. It's our stuff. Right. And so that's been really, really powerful for me. Um, so I do love that. Um, my goodness, I'm going to like, there's just so many, there's so many books. I mean, any, pick up any Tony Robbins book. I, I believe in it. Um, I, I also, uh, enjoyed a book, um, called the upside of stress. Um, I really like that because stress gets a really bad rep and really what it proved to me was that the meanings that you create can really shift your life. And something as simple as the meaning that you create about stress can either take time away from you or grant you more time in life, which is mm. bananas, but it's true. Right. And so to me, it proved the power of what I always talk about, which is the meanings that you're creating. So those are, you know, those are uh, two great ones. And then, um, you know, personal ones, I've read every Brene Brown book <laughs> ever oh. um, created because for my own personal healing and journey, she, her words have always resonated um, with me in a way that's just like sinks in. And then um, finally, I really did enjoy Melinda Gates' uh, book, uh, The Moment of Lift, which is just a great reminder about how us as women need to empower and lift other women out there in the world. And it reminds you of um, so many uh, things that still exist today. I think that sometimes we think of our problems and we forget of so many issues that women around the world are experiencing right now. And it really brought that home for me. Um, to a point where I was like, okay, like talk about getting out of your own story, right? And finding purpose and meaning in the work that you do to, to empower and, and, and give life to, to more, um, to more females out there. So yeah, I, I know I didn't give you just one. I'm sorry. There's that so many good. Keep going. <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> There's so many that when you get asked that question, you think I just can't not say this person though. Brené Brown is one of those for me as well. Cause every time she speaks, she says something, you're like, Oh God, that hard. I mean, for it. those of you that are listening out there, I have a rule, um, which is I have to read a minimum of one book, a uh, uh, one book per month. But what I strive to do is read like a book per week. So I'm at, I'm at 14 books already for this year. So I read a lot. So it's like hard, you know, for me to choose, but I find that it's one of the greatest investments that you can make. You're reading the work of people who've spent decades of their lives, right? Focus on this one subject matter and you're learning from them. So, so yeah. And for those of you that are ever afraid of doing the thing that you should be doing, then read five regrets of the dying, because if there's ever, uh, you know, something that, that can push you forward is remembering that when you're at the end of your life, none of the things that you said to yourself right now actually matter. You know, you're going to be taking with you the memories that you created, the things that you did or the regrets of what you didn't do. So trust me, it's not worth it um, to be at your deathbed, hoping that you had done something different. Just freaking go for it now. Oh, that petrifies me. That thought maybe I should, I should read that. Cause that literally petrifies me. Um, okay. And then lastly, who is your biggest inspiration? Oh, I have so many. So Maya Angelou, which is why my daughter is named Maya, um, um. <laughs> the power of words. Um, 
really her story um for those of you that don't know it please just go ahead and and google it um read her poetry she's been a major source of inspiration so the biggest um tribute that I could do to her was naming my daughter after her oh so good Val thank you so much you've literally just given so much in that in that hour or so of chatting and I'm so so grateful I've learned so much from you as well and I know that my my followers will absolutely love it so where can they all binge all things Val. Tell us what you've got going on. And where can we find <laughs> well, I'm you? I'm actually quite, I'm, I'm a quiet person, but you're under the radar. You'll see things coming um, real soon in the future. Um, but, you know, the simplest way most people, you can just go ahead and follow me on Instagram, um, which is Valerie, B A L E R I E underscore Santi, S A N T I. So that's the simplest and easiest way. Amazing. You have some coaching programs coming up as well, don't you, to help people I who do. want to be coaches? Yes, I, I do a lot. Like I said, I, I'm very much in the industry. I do a lot of executive and C-suite coaching. We do organizational coaching. Um, and I'm going to be doing masterminds around a couple different things. So I, I run masterminds both for women, um, but then also for any business leader that's wanting to hone in on their skill set, right? To grow it, not to use it because they want to become a coach per se, even though you could, right? But really to take that into your organization to have even more effective communication and just even more impact in your you know business, your industry, and in the world. World. So all of those pieces are going to be coming as well. So just, you know, hit me up, send me a message. And I'd love to know what's one thing that you took away from this. It'd be great. Oh, I love it. Yes, definitely. Anything that has resonated with any of you, I'm sure you're all going to have so many things. Make sure you tag both of us on Instagram, share them on your stories and let us know because it's so good to hear the little things that resonate with most with you. But thank you so much, Val. I'm so, so appreciative. I can't wait to see all the amazing stuff that you've got coming up. And I so appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.